Hello, this sermon audio is a ministry of the Town Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. If you would like to learn more about us, how to connect, or how to support us, go to our website, thetownchurch.org. While listening to the Bible preached is a healthy part of our spiritual formation, it is not the whole picture. So if you aren't a part of a local church, we encourage you to prayerfully commit to a local body of believers where you live. We're glad you can join us, and we hope God uses the following sermon to reveal more of His glory to you. Glad you're here this morning. Um, He has risen. Indeed, He has. Um, We're here this morning to celebrate the resurrection. That's why we're here. My name is Vince. I'm one of the elders here, the teaching pastor. If we haven't met, I would love to meet you. I'll be here all morning. I'll be up here probably uh, after our time together. So we're here this morning to celebrate Jesus. That's why we're here. So we talk about that as a church over and over and over. If you've been with us for a while, you know that that, that that's what we constantly talk about, Jesus. So we're, in fact, we're going through the book of Exodus as a church, not this morning, but in, in our time over the last months. And, and always we're pointing forward to Jesus. That's what we're about as a church, constantly pointing forward to the beauty of Jesus, even being the fulfillment of what we see in the book of Exodus. So that's why we're here this morning. This is a, as, as has already been said multiple times, a significant piece of our celebration as Christians. This is central to our, our faith. So that's why we're here. And so with that in mind this morning, let me ask you a question to get things rolling for us. I want to ask you a question to consider this morning. What is most important to you? What's most important to you? Think about it. You don't have to answer, right? That may be strange, right? To someone next to you. What is most important to you? You woke up this morning, right? You drank your coffee, you ate a, a pink peep and a yellow one, right? You're healthy. So you ate both to get a, a full balanced meal there. You, you put on your Easter bonnet and you started your day. And what was most important to you? What, what's going through your mind and your heart as most important to you? The, the thing that, 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 that points to everything that, that you are about. We, we, could, um, we could all list things that, that are important to us, but there are things that are really important to us. And so um, maybe for you, it's, it's happiness. That's what's of most importance to you, happiness. Or maybe a healthy body, or, or finding a wife, or finding a husband, or having children. Or, or what is most important to you, having a, a healthy marriage? Or maybe students, it's graduating, right? It's coming, uh, graduating. Or, or maybe it's paying off debt also related to students, right? Maybe it's, um, it's what, what is most important to you? Maybe it's saving for that new toy or traveling or staying home or starting your own business or good relationships with family or with your spouse or, or children that are happy. What is most important to you? If you're having a hard time coming up with something that you would consider of most importance to you, then I'd ask you to consider this. Who knows you well? And, and what would they say is most important to you? As they consider your life, if they were asked what is most important to, to that person, what would they say? Yeah, they never shut up about this or that thing. It just seeps into everything that they talk about and they're about. What would others say about you? Often the thing 
whatever that is, that consumes our thinking, that consumes our time, that consumes our money and and shapes our relationships, that that's the thing that we then put all of, of, of our efforts into. That's not to say that that thing is, is necessarily evil or bad, so that's not where I, I'm going, but it often does begin to consume us. This is something that I think is part of the, the human condition. We're constantly consumed with things, things that may not start off as bad, but they begin to become the most important thing to us. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to his friends to the, in, in the church in Corinth, and we have that letter in our Bibles. If you want to turn in, in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 15, you can. If not, we'll just have it up here on the screen for you. And, and as Paul writes this letter to this people, you, you'll know that if you've read it, that the people are kind of a mess. They're a mess. In fact, they resemble us right? They're a mess. We are a mess. And so Paul writes this letter. Paul knew that and addressed those things. And at times he addressed them in a pretty straightforward tone. And then we get all the way to chapter 15, which is what we'll look at this morning of first Corinthians. And we see Paul's heart for his friends. Paul walks through chapter after chapter of really straightforward warnings about their behavior. There are divisions in the church. There's arguing back and forth. There's fighting. There's sexual sins that are prevalent among his friends. There are Christians suing one another over unresolved conflicts. He goes on to talk about the people moving toward idolatry and offering up food to idols. And he talks about how they should act when they gather as a church. And so Paul's writing to his friends about all these things that seem really important to them, about how they, how they act and how they live. And he talks about, near the end of that, he talks about how they are to love one another. You've probably heard this. He talks about how love is patient and Love is kind, and love does not envy, and love does not boast. And then he lights a unity candle and throws rice at his friends, and then they go to the reception, right? It's almost as if his friends have completely forgot, forgotten what is most important. And so he's, he's writing this letter to remind them over and over and over. And so we get to chapter 15, verse 1, and here's what Paul says. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So do you see what Paul is doing here with his friends? He says, let me remind you of the gospel. I, I, I've preached it to you already. You received it already. You received it already. You're, you're standing firm and it. it's the very thing that's saving you if you believed it, if you didn't believe it in vain. Paul's reminding them of something they already know, right? He's reminding them of something they already know, the gospel. Now, now we all need reminders at times, don't we? De- desperately, right? Apple alone has made a fortune off of reminding us about things, right? So we get reminders on our phones and reminders on our watches and our calendars remind us constantly of things. In fact, a few weeks ago I had a dentist appointment and I got, I I, I kid you not, seven 
automated phone reminders about my upcoming dentist appointment. Now, I don't think my teeth are that bad, but I get seven automated voice reminders. I have a zealous dentist. Actually, let's put it on him. Here's what I think it is. No one likes a dentist, and so they have to sort of earn their friends by reminding them to come in. And so that's what happened. We, we get these reminders. We, our lives are set up with reminders all around us. I don't know if I have a, a bad memory or it's just that I don't listen well, but my wife, Kirsten, often reminds me of conversations that she believes we've had. Um, we need reminders, right? We, we constantly need reminders. I, I coach a few young soccer teams, and coaching is all about what? Reminders, especially young ones. Reminders over and over and over. Okay, boys, on a goal kick... You should never kick the ball into um, into the middle. Why? Because if you kick it into the middle, the other team's going to get it, and they're going to what? Score, right? Thank you, boys. Right? So, so they're going to score. Now we get to the game, and what happens? Where do they kick it? Right into the middle, right? And so I'm constantly reminding them we need reminders. And so Paul says here, look, friends, I want to remind you. I want to remind you of the gospel that I've already talked to you about. The same gospel that you've received, you've believed, you grabbed onto as truth. We desperately need reminders of all kinds of things, but Paul says you're reminders of the gospel. Now we may be thinking, okay, we need reminders of the gospel, but what is the gospel? What is the gospel? That's a, a great question. I don't know who asked it. That was a good one. So let me work, work through that, right? Paul walks through a definition of what the gospel is. If we move on to the very next verses, he says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with with the scriptures. And so here's what Paul is doing. He's reminding his friends again and again and again that the most important thing that they ought to be considering and they ought to know is this. I've already delivered it to you, he says. This is of, of first importance. It's the gospel truth that Christ died, that Christ was buried, that Christ was raised from the dead. He, he, he points to the gospel. So we need to remind one another, one another, you and I, of that very truth. We need those kinds of reminders today that Jesus is the focus of most importance. As friends together, we remind one another that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus rose from the dead. And those things are of most importance. There are a lot of important things in life, right? There are. There are a lot of important things, but none so important as that. Hear that, please. There are a lot of important things in life. There are none so important as that. Your, your political view is not of most importance. Your dieting habits, your exercise fads are not of most importance. CrossFit, I'll, I'll say it now, write it down. Two years from now, it's gone, right? Those things fade away. Your view of how to educate your children, not of most importance. 
And we could go on and on. We have joys that are exciting and, 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 and things that, that cause us gr- great happiness. And when we lean toward those things and, and we move in, in the direction, they make us feel good. They can often consume us in, in good and in right and healthy ways. But while those things may be important, they are not of most importance. And even things this morning that may be weighing heavily on you, that feel extremely important and consuming all of your thinking, even those things that, as hard as they are, are not of most importance. And for many of you this morning, that's hard to believe, isn't it? That's difficult for you to even comprehend. You don't even know about my financial state right now. You don't know the place I'm in financially, and, and, and that's all I can think about right now. Or maybe for you, it may be that you've just received news of some health issue. And you're not even sure how to process that information. Maybe for you, it's that a family member has made decisions that are now wreaking havoc on their lives. And you've been there. And you know what that looks like, and that, that weighs on you. Maybe for you, it's your own health that's weighing on you, your, your depression or anxiety and the things that are real and pressing. It's impossible for you to even begin to see light at the end of that tunnel. It, maybe it's your marriage, and you're not even sure how to work through these same conversations and arguments again and again and again. Maybe for you it's uh, school and the classes that you're taking and they're exhausting and you're not sure if you should keep pushing through that. Or maybe for you, you can't even put your finger on it, but you're just in such a funk in life in general that you're not even sure how it's all consuming your your time and your thinking and your energy. And and you certainly don't have anything in your life that you would consider of first importance. And and the things that you are experiencing are real. They're, They're challenging. They consume so much of life. But what does Paul remind us of this morning? Of most importance is Jesus. And I know that that may sound overly simplistic, especially as I just went through all of those hard things. That that may sound overly simplistic, but consider this morning that he died for our sins. And that he was buried because he died. And that he was raised from the dead. The the truth of the gospel of Jesus is of most importance. And Paul breaks it down for us. He just shows us what what we need to consider in these three categories. Jesus died for our sins. That's what we see first. Now, we we really need to go a step beyond that to to get to the heart of that. If Jesus died for our sins, that means that he was actually alive before he died, right? I'm not a scientist, but to die, I think you have to be alive First, And so that gets at the heart of the gospel. You may be asking, what is the gospel? Again, I don't remember who asked it, but here we go. Um, Very simply, the gospel is good news. 
That's what it means. Good news. Uh, and good news is only good news in light of the bad news. And so we'll start there. The bad news is this, that God created us to be in relationship with him. And, and we, in our own doing, ha- have chosen not to move toward him. He's a holy God and perfect in every way. And to be near him, we also have to be holy and perfect. And we choose to move in the other direction. Happy Easter. But not one of us is perfect, right? Not one of us is perfect. And so we move away from that. And each of us will lean toward our own desires and sin against God. And God said in the very beginning of creation that if we sin, we will die. There is punishment involved for sinning against him. Death. That's bad news. I don't know what your bad news looks like, but that is bad news. Allow that to sink this morning. That, that we all sin against a holy God and the punishment for that sin is death. The good news, however, is this. The good news of the gospel is this, that God in his kindness has made a, a way to, to take care of that punishment. That he, he established this, this plan hundreds of years ago with his people. We're looking at some of this in Exodus where he set up a, a system whereby sacrifices could be made to atone for sin or pay the penalty for sin. Usually a lamb or an animal would be slaughtered and the blood of the lamb would be used to, to cover over the sins of the people. But here's the deal. How often did the people sin? Let me put it on us. How often do you sin? Right? So, so that's where, where we go. And so the sacrifices had to be made over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, the author of Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, verse 11, and every priest stands daily at his sacrifice, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. What a monotonous practice. Right? It, yet, yet that was part of God's grace to his people that their sins could be covered over, that, that they would never be removed, but they could be covered over for a time. And we look on at what the author of Hebrews says. He, he says he has no need like those high priests to offer sacrifices daily, speaking of Jesus, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. Jesus died for our sins. Do you realize that's why he came? That, that's a truth. That Jesus came for that. To, to die for our sins. Paul tells us in 1 Timothy. The saying is trustworthy. And deserving of full acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world. To save sinners. Of whom I am the foremost. Right? And we've got a, a bunch of rivals in here. Jesus came into the world to this earth to save sinners and he did that by dying for us as a sacrifice for sins on a cross. And here's the mind-boggling thing for me. Romans 5 tells us that, that this was because God loves us. Romans 5.8 says, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, it is now a good time to to ask the question uh, again. In life, what is 
more important than that? What is more important than that? If that is not of most importance to you, then what is? Jesus died for our sins. We have a desperate need that Jesus fulfills. So, so often we get caught up with, with, with the worries and the concerns and also the joys and, and the happiness of the, this life. And, and that often then becomes our, our focus. It, those things become what is of most importance. But listen, friends, you deserve death and, and separation. So do I from God forever. But in God's kindness and in God's love and in God's mercy, he has given his son to die for our sins. And Paul continues with this reminder of what is of most importance. He says, Jesus died for your sins and Jesus was buried. Now, why does Paul put that piece in there? Why does Paul put in there and he was buried? We we don't often talk like that, right? Uh, My uncle Ron died last week and we buried him, right? We don't usually put that piece in there. We, We assume that that's there, right? So why does Paul say this? To give more weight to the argument that Jesus is human and that his life was actually taken. This wasn't just some game that that God set up to make it look like Jesus died on a cross. This wasn't just a divine magic trick to wow the crowds. Jesus, who is God, became a human, a real live human. And because he was a living human, his death on the cross was real. How real? He was buried. He was buried in a tomb. Listen to the way that the Gospel of Mark describes this. And when evening had come, this is a big description of what happened. When evening had come, Since it was the day of preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. That's a lot of detail, right? Mark and the other gospel writers are very, very clear that Jesus really did die. They gave very explicit explicit and clear details about his death. Joseph, a real man, asked for his body. A Roman soldier gave them the corpse to Joseph, and he was then properly prepared for burial and laid in a tomb in a grave that was then sealed. And people saw where he was laid, right? We're told of Mary and Mary who saw what went down. Jesus did die and he was buried of most importance of first importance that was is that Jesus died he really died for our sins and also in addition to that he was buried because he really did die now that would be a tragic story wouldn't it if that were the end if that's where we said All God's people said, amen, let's go get some eggs, right? That would be a tragic, tragic story. 
Jesus, the, the, the perfect Son of God, Jesus who is God, came to earth and died a brutal death on a cross, was buried, period. It'd be tragic. If that's it, then there is no hope for us. God said we would die if we sinned unless the penalty was paid for. And Jesus paid it. But here's the question I think we all ought to be asking. But people still die, so what gives? Right? Jesus paid that, but people still die. Well, Well, the third piece of what Paul tells us here is of first importance is this, that Jesus was raised. Friends, he did not stay dead. Yes, he died. And yes, he he was buried, but he did not stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the dead. He walked, physically walked out of the grave. The the grave could not hold him there. He, He was buried, and after he died, after his heart stopped beating and the blood stopped flowing, he walked out. He walked out. Uh, of first importance to us should be that there is a God, Jesus, who is more powerful, think about this, more powerful than death. The very thing that gets all of us. We're all headed in that direction. He's more powerful than that. Beats it, right? He, he, he beats it. He didn't stay dead and he will never die again. Paul tells us in Romans 6 that we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died he died to sin once for all but the life he now lives he lives to god christ died for our sins once for all but did not stay dead and he'll never die again we have a living king we we have a living king jesus was raised now that's got to bring us hope right that we have a king who didn't die and then just stay dead he, he rose from the, the dead, defeating sin and death forever. In fact, Paul says in 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen that if our hope is only in this life, we are most to be pitied. Can I put it in the context of what we've been talking about? If our hope is only in the things we find most important in this life, then we're most to be pitied. There's got to be a different hope, and there is, and two things as we move to a close here. We have hope. Why? Because of Jesus' resurrection, those who believe will also be raised from the dead and never die again. We're united with him in that. That we will also be raised. Paul says in Romans 6, 5, For if we have been united with Him in death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like, like His. We share in His death and His resurrection. We're united with Christ in both. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, For as, a, as by a man came death, by a man has, has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. We have hope in the resurrection of Jesus because for those who believe, we will also be raised from the dead. This life isn't it. But there is more to this. We will have eternal life with Jesus. And then secondly, we have hope because Jesus' resurrection in that, in that resurrection, we see that Jesus is powerful over sin, death, Satan and his demons. Jesus is more powerful. Death could not keep him. The grave could not hold him. And and Paul tells us uh, with this amazing truth that death is swallowed up in victory. 
Melanie read this earlier. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see what he's saying? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, we also get victory. We also have that victory. Jesus is more powerful than death. And because of his victory over death, those who believe will also have victory over death. So here's the question again for us. In your life, what is most important? I think we need to wrestle with that today. On a day like today, why would we not? What is most important in our lives? Are, are you most important? Are your hobbies, your dreams most important? Today we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The God who, li- listen friends, the God who desires to be in relationship with us gave his son And through his son, we can have true life. We can have right relationship with God forever. And the very one who died and the very one who was buried and the very one who conquered sin and death by being raised from the dead. In that Jesus, we have been set free from sin and have been made right with God. What is most important to you? Paul says we need reminders of the truth of the gospel. We've maybe strayed off a track. We've made other things more important. This conversation is easy for us to have today, isn't it? Here we are. It's Easter. We're in church, right? So, yeah, let's talk about it. But what about tomorrow? In fact, let me ask you, what about tonight? What is most important to you? We need reminders about the truth of the gospel today, tonight, tomorrow, and into eternity until we see it as reality, that Jesus wins. We have a God who desires relationship with us so much that he sent his son to earth to die, to stand in our place, to to not just cover our sin, but to forgive us of our sin, to, to give us life with God forever, victorious over sin and death. And now we too share in that victory. I'll just tell you right now, there is nothing more important than that. Nothing. All of this according to the scriptures, according to the will and perfect plan of God that Jesus died, was buried, and Jesus won. That's what we celebrate. So I'd like to pray for us this morning. We're going to continue singing and celebrating I want to pray for us this morning and move us in that direction. And and as we pray this morning, I want to put in front of us the question again of what's most important of importance to you. And it may be this morning that you are looking for hope. And it may be this morning that you haven't yet placed your hope in Jesus alone. Or you've thought about it and you you've considered it but that is not where you are yet the very one who is victorious if that's where you are this morning i'd like to put in front of you and in front of everyone else myself included that god in love 
has invited you into relationship with Him through faith in Jesus. And until your hope is placed there, you will always, always be looking. Always. God's Word tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that that you're sinful in need of a Savior, and that that Savior is not yourself, but Jesus, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead, God's Word promises us you will be saved. Is that you this morning? If so, I'd ask you to consider this prayer. A simple prayer that would go something like this. God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I need Jesus to forgive me and save me from my sin and change me. I need that. It's that simple. And I would love to talk to you more about what that could look like in an ongoing way for you. Can we pray this morning? Let's pray. God, we um, come here this morning for, for one thing. And that is to celebrate your, your son's victory over sin and death. Uniting us into his death, but also into his resurrection. Uniting us with him in victory over sin and death. We come here to celebrate this morning. And so my prayer for, for those who already believe is this, that this would well up in us and overflow into joyful celebration that there is nothing else of of more importance to us than to celebrate the risen lord this morning would you god do that in us well well up in us a great a gratefulness and and a joy that then overflows into singing into response and into to following you and for those god this morning who may be in a place where they have not yet placed their hope in you or have wandered from you God, my prayer this morning is that you would do a powerful work in hearts. Softening hearts. Hearts that have been hearts that have been hard and not receptive to the truth that you are God and that you do love us. Would you soften hearts this morning and draw people to yourself, people who, who need to know you, who you want to, to be in relationship with. Draw people to yourself. God, you're a God who desires relationship, and in love you've provided a way for that to happen. And God, my prayer is that you would be stirring in all of our hearts an understanding that we need a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus especially for those who have closed, uh, closed their, their, their thinking from an idea that they need a Savior. Hearts have grown cold, turned away from you. I pray that you would ignite in them a clear understanding of their need. We all need you. We're all sinners in need. And God, through your Son, you have given us life. Your Son is victorious over sin and death through the resurrection. And that we celebrate this morning. Amen. Amen.